No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host for the next couple of hours or so. Hopefully we'll see how we go. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. Thank you for being here. Hope you had a lovely day because I certainly have. As always, so much to get through, so little time. Tonight's recommended drink, as always, cheap box wine, tonight's recommended snack, cheap bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast on a Tuesday night here on DLife. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper, become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your wine and cracker lifestyle, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, the preferred method, of course, as you can see on the screen, Winning TV, thank you very much. Winning TV with a diamond says, Mod of Boogie Stan says hello. A couple, we issued a couple more axes out tonight. Uh, Winning TV got himself an axe. JJ Stoner got himself an axe. Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond says, Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Sandra. Happy Tuesday. So much to get through, so little time. Uh, if you'd like to leave a tip tonight, the preferred method is to head to dlive.tv slash boogiebumper or you can hit the link down below, streamlabs.com slash boogiebumper. So much to get through. Um... Just a quick announcement before we do get rolling, before I forget. Don't forget tonight, a special one-off edition of Why Censored at 9pm, dlive.tv slash Why Censored. She's going to be talking to friend of the show, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, to talk about all things Killdozer. Now, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth is a fellow black shirt wearing libertarian raising the black flag. Uh, the Killdozer, he's been talking to me for years about the Killdozer. Dude, you need to do a show about the Killdozer. You need to do something about the Killdozer. I just, I've never had a chance to do it. So he's going to take his opportunity. Kimmy's going to take that opportunity like a winner does. It's 9pm tonight, uh, about an hour after we finish up here, dlive.tv slash censored if you want to learn a little bit more about the Killdozer and the promotion of the Killdozer, I suspect, from Mr. Wrecker to Beard of Truth. Beard of Truth is great. He's fantastic. And those two are really good together. So... Uh, I'll be tuning in for that just before Nightwave Radio at 10 p.m. So, like I said, so much to get through, so little time. I do want to start on something a little off-topic, though, before we start rolling on some of the some of the things I've got for you. Uh, the first video I've got for you tonight is fucking hilarious. Remember yesterday we were talking about the ridiculous stickers on public transport? The, the great plan, <laughs> the plan from my state government to keep people COVID safe on public transport was to go around the trains and the buses and put little green stickers on seats. And like, you can only sit on the green sticker. Now, Sydney, as we discussed yesterday, is a city of over 4 million people. About 2.2 million people use mass transit every single day in this city. Uh, It's currently sitting at about 500,000 commuters per day, and they want to keep it at that whilst opening up all the businesses. Of course, this creates a problem. How are people going to get to work? So they decided, well, we're going to go around and we're going to put little green stickers on the seats. 
and people can only sit on the green sticker. Well, it hasn't taken long for the things that we suggested that might happen to start happening. So we're going to review that a little later on tonight. Um, but the, what I did want to start off with is just a couple of thoughts I had. I've been watching, been working my way through the Michael Jordan documentary series on Netflix. And I know uh, it's called The Last Dance. I know a lot of people have been watching it. It's it's this it's this uh, block of six weeks as Tiger King, I think. Maybe it's not as big as the Tiger King because it's sport related and not drama related. But I can't recommend it enough. Even if you're not into sports, it's not. It's a bit like Moneyball. Like the movie Moneyball was one of my favorite movies. I go back and watch it a couple of times a year. It's even though the premise is baseball, it's not really a sports movie. Moneyball is about, um, you know, taking risks, challenging ideas, um, wearing, wearing the criticisms, the pressures of being somebody who is trying to break out of the norm, right? It's not, it's not a baseball movie. There's very little actual baseball in it. It's more to do with overcoming conventions, right? So it's a fantastic flick. And in a similar vein, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, although it is a little more, there's a little more basketball in it, obviously, it's so much more than that. It's so much more. It's about, you know, everything, everything else that's surrounded like the Jordan universe. But <clears throat> I think I was at like episode five or episode six or something last night. And a particular segment of this documentary came up and I, it just started to get me thinking last night because I had it playing while I was at work. Um, early on in Jordan's career, I think it was like 1990, there was a Senate race in his home, North Carolina, between a Republican, I forget the Republican's name, but they, in, in the documentary, they're saying, oh, he's a racist and stuff. And I was like, well, that's, that's predictable. Um, and he was going up against a black, uh, candidate named Harvey Gantt, who was running against him. And he would have been the first black senator elected in North Carolina. And a whole bunch of political, you know, figures who I'd never seen before. Barack Obama was even in this documentary making comments. But a whole bunch of these other little political sycophants and I guess cultural icons or self-appointed cultural spokespeople were talking about Michael Jordan's reluctance to get involved in this political race. And the way that they were talking about it was like, he has an obligation. He, he, we don't understand why he's not doing this. We don't understand why he's not getting involved. And it's, it's like, they, they still think they own people. Sorry, sorry to put it in such a crass way, but you belong to them. And if you're somebody, let, let's, I'll show you an article just so I can collect my thoughts a little bit on this, because it really it really did fucking annoy me. Michael Jordan stands firm on Republicans buy sneakers too, quote. So that's when he was asked, why aren't you supporting this Democrat in this race, this Senate race in North Carolina? That was apparently the quip that he replied with. Well, Republicans buy sneakers too. And I fucking laughed when I heard that. Listen to this article on ESPN of all places. Remember when ESPN just did sport? That's pretty. That's like the problem here in a nutshell. Michael Jordan addressed one of the most famous quotes of his career. See why would that? Why should that be one of the most famous quotes of his career? This is annoying at every single level for me. 
It's annoying and it's an in, it's indicative of a greater sickness that we have. Like I've often spoken about on this show, and I, I try I do try to break out of like the left right thing as much as I possibly can. But on this occasion, I'm sorry, I have to I have to go there. Um, as long as I can remember, as long as I've been alive, and it was it started years ago. The left have tried to inject politics and activism into every aspect of life in the West, into movies, into uh, literature, into media, into sports, right? Everywhere is a potential playground for some kind of push, some kind of drive, some kind of awareness campaign, some kind of fucking activism. Like, you can't even go to a, a, a game of football anymore without some kind of political agenda being shoved down your fucking throat. And I think a lot of people are really sick of it. But having made every single arena, every single outlet for us a political discussion, and now people are starting to reject that and starting to get sick of it and starting to push back on it, now they try to make out like, oh, well, we don't really want to have... Why are you going to make everything political? It's It's just... So deceptive and backstabbing. I just cheese, hate this stuff. Man. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. So here you have Michael Jordan. At this stage, he hasn't won any championships or anything. It's 1990. He he's the best player in the world at that point. But it just goes to show, like, if you have something, if you have some kind of talent, if you have some kind of ability, there's going to be a whole there's going to be a whole collection of leeches who will just try to attach themselves to you for their own purposes, for their own gain. And I don't think it even matters. Like Jordan's a special case because he, he was so huge, but it doesn't even matter. Like at any level, if you're a moderately successful person in a particular field and you have talent, especially in like entertainment or sports or whatever, People are always going to try to hijack you for themselves. They're going to use you in any possible way they can. So back to the article. Michael Jordan addressed one of the most famous quotes of his career. Republicans buy sneakers too in the fifth episode of ESPN's The Last Dance on Sunday. Jordan, who has largely stayed away from any political commentary throughout his public life, didn't back away from the statement. Like, see, the the onus, the impetus in this article is like, why did he back? Why didn't he back? Why did he double down, right? He should have apologized for it. <laughs> it's relentless, this shit. It's brain cancer. Uh, which came during the 1990 US Senate race in North Carolina between incumbent Republican Jesse Helms and Democrat challenger Harvey Gantt uh, in the documentary saying it was made in jest. Jordan went on to say that he has never seen himself as a role model. I couldn't agree more. I hate it when people put sports stars and athletes up on pedestals and turn them into role models because then you're creating a false expectation for this person. You're creating a false expectation and a false like caricature of somebody. And then when they don't live up to your manufactured caricature, they're somehow the problem. No, you're the problem. You're the idiot here. You're the asshole here. Don't turn people into heroes. Quote, I don't think that statement needs to be corrected because I said it in jest on a bus with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. 
It was thrown off the cuff. My mother asked me to do a PSA for Harvey Gant, and I said, look, mum, I'm not speaking out of pocket about someone that I don't know, but I will send a contribution to support him. <clears throat> he said, I do commend Muhammad Ali for standing up for what he believed in, but I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. I wasn't a politician when I was playing my sport. I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably, but that was my energy. That's where my energy was. In one of the several appearances former President Barack Obama has made in the documentary, for what reason, I don't know why. What, because he's a former black president from uh, Chicago? So what? Obama discussed Jordan's, uh, Jordan's comments, saying that as a young activist, he wished Jordan had more to say on the topic. But it isn't always that simple. <clears throat> this is from Barack Obama. I'll be honest, when it was reported that Michael said Republicans buy sneakers too, for somebody, I see, when I'm watching this live, I'm expecting Barack Obama after that to say, I laughed, right? I'm watching it and Barack Obama says, I'll be honest, when it was reported that Michael said Republicans buy sneakers too, I almost expected, I don't know why, but I thought the next words out of Barack Obama's mouth would be, I thought it was funny, like I laughed. But of course, that wasn't what happened. That's not what came out of his fucking mouth. He said, for somebody who was at that time preparing for a career in civil, civil rights law, it's all about him, and knowing that what Jesse Helms stood for, you would have wanted to see Michael push harder on that. Now, listen to this. This is the bit that really fucking annoyed me. On the other hand, he was still trying to figure out how am I managing this image that has been created around me and how do I live up to it? Do you see the, the backhanded fucking slight here? They're removing agency from Michael Jordan. They're removing the choice from Michael Jordan. And they're saying, oh, no, 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 no. The reason that he didn't get involved in the political race that we all tried to pressure him to get involved in, the reason he didn't become an activist like we wanted him to is because he was trying to make money. Right? Oh, it's not his fault. He was trying to maintain a cultivated brand and image. He was still trying to figure out who he was. It's disgusting. Like, that's the only reason that somebody wouldn't want to get into bed with your lecherous, dis rancid, toxic, shitty political agendas. Like, it's just, it's out of the realm of possibility for people like this that somebody would just want to play sport. Like, that's not good enough. If you just want to play sport, they can't comprehend that. Oh, there must be another reason why you're not getting involved in our activism here. It has to be something, there must be more to it. And you had this fucking idiot. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I wish I could play you the clip of it, but it's a Netflix show and I'll probably go hard, you know, tearing that stuff down. But some fucking idiot on the show said, well, Muhammad Ali is going to be remembered forever because he stood up for what he believed in, but Michael Jordan won't be. And then it got me thinking, because then like I'm like straight away, of course, I think of LeBron James, who did whore himself out for politics who did become a fucking whore for a political agenda. Gladly so. Remember him up on stage there waving with that stupid shit-eating grin on his face standing next to Hillary Clinton? Somebody who, if it wasn't for a PR drive, wouldn't want to go anywhere near him? Wouldn't want to have anything to do with the guy? Standing up there smiling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vote for Hillary. She's fucking good. How pathetic that looked. And when everybody else was like, why can't these fucking guys just play ball, man? Just play ball. And it got me thinking, 
maybe it's not always the case. Because I've, I've done this in the past myself. Maybe it's not always the case that these sports stars, the actors, the musicians, maybe it's not the case that they are actual activists deep down at heart, right? Maybe they're not trying to push an agenda as part of some kind of fucking secret cabal or whatever. What if they're just very weak-willed people? What if they just have no spine? What if they have no willpower? What's evident about Jordan and what everybody says about Jordan is he was very he was very strong-minded. Like to the point of enraging his teammates. He was so focused on winning, he was so focused on competition, he was so focused on MJ. Like I'm going to do everything I possibly can. I'm going to block out everything else in the world to just achieve what I have to achieve because it's it's like a driving urge in him. He must win. He must accomplish his goals. Nothing is going to stand in his way. So he was strong-minded enough to back then say, "No, I'm not I'm not getting involved." But how many other people just don't have that will? Like they don't have to be part of some kind of cabal. Maybe they're just very weak. Maybe they give in to peer pressure. Maybe when all of the people start calling them up and start knocking and saying, hey, you want to do the right thing, don't you? You want to you do the right thing and support our candidate. Your platform is important. We need your voice, blah, blah, blah. How many of them are sucked into it even though they really don't want to be? Because when we have these like celebrities and the sports stars and whatnot, we assume that they're all like very strong and powerful because we build them up on these fake pedestals but how many of them you know would be how many of them would be just very dumb people who happen to be very good at acting or dumb people who happen to be very good at football who just get lured in to become somebody else's puppet and you know people on this documentary were saying oh michael jordan lost credibility because he wouldn't support this politics drive no 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 you guys lose credibility because you're attacking him because he wouldn't become a whore for politics. And like, you know, I'm a, I'm a I've grew up watching and playing basketball, so I'm already like a basketball fan. And so I, of course, I already love Jordan. And like my my love for him just went up another fucking 10 notches when I watched that part of the documentary. To see these pathetic leech-like scum-sucking insects of humanity trying to latch on to his fame, to latch on to his brand for the sake of pushing their fucking political agenda, for pushing their political angle and how hurt they were. Oh, we, he, was, he, was, he lost his credibility. It's not good enough. Fuck all that. <laughs> he didn't become a whore for their political bullshit and his stock just went up tenfold. Somebody in the chat said, uh, Bruce said, let's not make excuses for them. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't think it's making excuses to say that, you know, there's probably potentially a lot of very dumb footballers out there who don't really know anything about politics, who feel pressured into doing things on that side because they have a whole group of people around them telling them that they should. I mean, average people who aren't famous get pressured into doing things they don't want to do on a daily basis. So, you know. I think if we're going to assume that they're all 
like in on some kind of fucking scam where they're all trying to push an agenda and they're all like very uh, headstrong political activists trying to subvert the nation. That to me sounds far more ridiculous than a whole bunch of people. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's all one way or all the other, but that sounds far more out of the realm of possibility than people, um, you know, just being pressured into doing stuff because they don't know any better. So, and maybe that, like I said, there's probably a whole bunch of them that just don't have the willpower that a Michael Jordan does and they just go along with it. And Michael, Michael Jordan will always have a special place in my heart um, because he retired for those two seasons in between, well, for the 18 months in between. That allowed my team, who I supported growing up, the Houston Rockets, to win back-to-back -back titles. So thank you very much, Jordan. <laughs> and then when he came back full-time, they won three again. I was like, that's okay, we got two in. Thanks, thanks for stepping away for a couple of years, Mike. Thanks for stepping away. Now the Rockets can win a couple of titles. All right, you can come back now. We're good. <laughs> all right. I just, it was just it just made it's got me thinking about all of this shit and like seeing all of the celebrities and the sports stars and stuff. And I thought, how many of them are just very weak-willed, dumb people? Like Jordan obviously isn't a weak-willed, dumb person. I think he's probably a very intelligent guy who has very strong will. But his will was directed at winning fucking basketball championships. It wasn't directed at politics. And God bless him for it. Coffee Talk with Sandra says, I will always love MJ. I think pretty much everyone does. Maybe not the New York Knicks fans. But who knows? No, to be fair, the Knicks fans loved him as well. Even though he shattered their dreams on a regular basis, they still loved going to watch him at uh, Madison Square Garden, didn't they? So, all right. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday we talked about, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that the green sticker plan that our government was rolling out, we highlighted some of the potential issues that may come from such a half-baked idiotic idea to limit the amount of people who take public transport. Well, it hasn't taken long. This, ladies and gentlemen, around 24 hours, this scheme lasted. Winning TV with the diamond says, love MJ in a completely heterosexual way. Of course. Of course. He's still the best as far as I'm concerned. Like, Le LeBron might have more accolades and stuff like that, but for me, MJ is still, like, number one. My favourite player growing up was uh, Hakeem Olajuwon from the, uh, from the Rockets, but that doesn't mean that he was, like, the best player who ever played the game. He was one of the best. He was a fucking legend, but... Uh, MJ will always be the best, I think, as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> 24 hours, the plan, the plan. Can you imagine this? Weeks and weeks and weeks and of planning by local government authorities, by bureaucrats, by public servants. Don't worry, sir. We're on top of this. Don't worry, sir. We're going to make this work. We're going to put stickers on seats. We're going to have a rule that only... Remember the rule that they talk, spoke about yesterday? Only 12 people are allowed on a bus now. And if a 13th person tries to get on the bus, then the bus driver has been instructed to not go anywhere. And remember, we talked about how ridiculous it would be because if you have two people, then they're going to say, well, we can't get on because the second person will be the 13th and we can't have 13. So who's next? Who's traveling alone? How many people do we have on the bus? The bus driver will have to count at every bus stop how many people get on and how many people get off. You're just going to have gridlock. The system will choke to death. There's going to be buses parked up at bus stops trying to count, trying to get as many people as they can on and off the bus. It's going to be a fucking shit show. 
Well, like I said, the plan lasted one working day. <laughs> Let's have a look. Oh, yeah, by the way, if the 13th person didn't want to get off the bus, then the police were going to be called to enforce this rule and drag them off the bus. So let's see what happened. One day of testing of this system. Let's see how the plan worked out. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your tax dollars at work. Holes are already appearing in the government's COVID-safe public transport plan yeah. on the first day of operation. <laughs> bus drivers have been told not to enforce the new passenger limits. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> Yesterday, bus drivers have been told to enforce the new passenger limit. They've been told that they're not allowed to leave the station if a 13th person gets on the bus. Well, 24 hours later... <laughs> 24 hours later, bus drivers have now been told not to enforce the 12 passenger rule. <laughs> Holes are already appearing in the government's COVID safe public transport plan. Bus drivers have been told not to enforce the new passenger limits, and tonight, too many people were getting on board some services. We won! We won. It took one day. One fucking day. Practice a stream of passengers <laughs> board the queue should stop here right. with the 24th customer. One keep on fucking day. And tonight, too many people were getting on board. Too many people were getting services. on the bus. <laughs> the government's COVID safe public transport limit in practice. Yeah. A stream of passengers board the queue yeah. should stop here. So. <laughs> It should stop here. Now you see, this is a this is what we would call a bendy bus. It's like the double bus thing, right? So it's not just a two. Remember, the recommendation was for a two door bus is to have twelve people. For a bendy bus, I assume it's going to be twenty four people. What these numbers are based on, I have no fucking idea. Nobody knows. That part of the deal is never explained, right? So when they say, "Oh, five people," like. We spoke about last week some of the ridiculous laws that we are, some of the ridiculous regulations, right? <clears throat> I have to gather my thoughts because there's so much retardation in the air, it chokes me. <laughs> we made it illegal for a family of six to go and visit another household, okay? So the limit is five people. You can only have five people go and visit a family. Only five people can go and visit another house. So meaning if there's six in the family, somebody's got to stay home or, or you can be fined by the police. But the ridiculous thing is that rule only applies to people visiting. The people who are being visited, there's no rule. They can ha So you can have six people in the house that the people are visiting, but six people can't. So five can visit a house of six, but six cannot go and visit a house of five. <laughs> You're not allowed to go and travel to a house in the country for like a holiday or a weekend away. But you're allowed to travel to a house in the country to visit somebody else. So here's the trick. If you want to go on a three-hour drive to a country house, there has to be somebody else living there. Remember, this is all about supposedly about isolating people, social distancing, social isolation. So it's illegal to travel to an empty house in the country. 
but it's not illegal to travel to a house that already has people in it. (laughs) So, again, to steal a line from Paul Joseph Watson, imagine my shock when the government came out and said, well, we've got this fantastic idea, we're going to start putting green stickers on seats and that will solve the social distancing problem on public transport. And I said, oh, yeah, fuck it, of course it will. Ring the bell and get your cheese, (laughs) man. Of course this will work. (laughs) Winning TV, thank you for the gifted sub. This absolutely, of course, this will work. It lasted one day. Let, I'll let it roll a bit. People were getting on board some services. Yep. The government's COVID safe public transport limits in practice a stream of passengers board the queue should stop here. Yes, but it didn't. With the did 24th it. customer. But the queue did not stop there. But they keep on coming. Fair few people just got on this bus. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll get on another one. The- <laughs> no, sir. You get on that bus. Fuck them. Don't let the media shame you into not getting on a bus now. Driver says nothing because government guidelines sent to them say physical distancing may not always be practical ah. and that they should advise customers when you have reached capacity but yep. do not refuse them travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you wanted any more evidence of how useless bureaucracy is like how useless public servants are this is a memo effectively telling you here's a law but don't follow it here's a rule but don't enforce it see why put out a memo in the first place (laughs) look at it advise customers when you have reached capacity but don't stop them from getting on the bus why why advise them then? <laughs> why tell them anything? <laughs> like literally, what's the point of sending out a memo to make bus drivers aware that there's a new regulation that they shouldn't follow? And think like just this act of sending this out and getting people to read it and having people train on it and having it discussed money your tax money at work being thrown down the drain. <laughs> justifying their own existence. They're literally putting out memos to advise people of to advise people not to do the thing that's in the memo. It's incredible. Travel do not police the new physical Don't don't police it. <laughs> so remember yesterday the report bus drivers have been instructed to not drive the bus if 13 people get on. That lasted one day. One day. And now the new memo comes out, tell people that there's more than 12 people on the bus, but don't change a damn thing. Don't do anything about it. Huh? Lou Ferrigno, they just want fear and anger to be to put on the news. Maybe. I, uh, I don't know. Who knows, like, what the... I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, I can see... I have some sympathy with that view. But I tend to take the cynical view of these things more than... Like the uh, it's an agenda kind of stuff. I'm not saying that there's never an agenda, but I I tend to fall back on never uh, underestimate the incompetence of the average person, right? You know, there's a great line like, most cover-ups aren't an attempt to cover up criminality. Most cover-ups are an attempt to cover up uh, incompetence. See, I tend to think that 
you could say that this is all just like a ploy to get anger and fear on the news, but I tend to think it's just an idiot public servant who's come up with a dumb as dog shit idea, which they didn't realise wouldn't work until they tried it, and now they're trying to reverse it while still appearing like they're in control, like they're still doing their job because they're getting paid, right? Somebody getting paid six figures of taxpayers' money came up with this dumb shit idea in the first place. And now that same person, after it's been revealed to be an absolute clusterfuck, has to try and justify it to the people who pay them. Old man Rasta with the diamond says, people are so stupid, you think it must be planned. Exactly, right? You think they, they, they can't be this stupid, but I tend to think they are this stupid. And again, it's not to say that there aren't agendas and all of that shit. Of course there is. But I, I, I do tend to think we, we jump on the agenda bandwagon before anything else. And a lot of times we overlook like just the average, the stupidity of the average person. Distancing guidelines. Extra people will get on a bus and somebody will come up to the driver and say, you need to police this. Or somebody will come on and have a crack at the driver because yeah. of another passenger. Yeah. Or fights between passengers or altercations. Yes. Yes. The Transport Minister wants commuters to self-regulate. We can't <laughs> sit there and police every bus stop. I mean, if you see a crowd of bus, I wouldn't... That's not what you said yesterday, sir. <laughs> That's literally the opposite of what you said yesterday. We played the clip. We played the clip. The same government ministers, the same... It was. I, I think it was even the same fucking news channel. Yesterday. Police, the bus drivers have been instructed, do not leave the station if more than 12 people get on the bus. Police, remember they said, police will be called. Police will be enforcing this. Oh, yes. One day later, they, they gaslight you and they pretend like they never said that. Oh, no, no, no. We, no, we understand. It's, it's impossible to police this. <laughs> <coughs> they really do treat you like a fucking idiot. And we really are goldfish because the responsibility here should be on the media. Like, this is why I would never have a job. I would never stay at a job for long in corporate legacy media. I would be fired after a week. Because if I've got the minister in front of me and I'm asking him questions, my first question is going to be, sir, why did you say yesterday that bus drivers shouldn't leave and that police will be called if 13 people get on a bus when you are now admitting that you thought that that was impossible all along. Why did you say that? Straight away, whoosh, get, get Boogie out of there. Get Boogie out of there. He's making, he's making fools of this. He's making a fool of this guy. That's not your job. Your job is to be nice and give him softball questions so we can continue getting interviews and sound bites for our 6 o'clock news report. You're not there to do journalism, you idiot. You're there to do PR for the government, not journalism. Get the fuck out of my office. Get on it. I don't want to, the risk of, of COVID. As the evening. Don't, don't worry, your, your chauffeur driven car is COVID free, I suspect. <clears throat> Semper reloaded with a diamond. I never liked the Gould in Fallout. <laughs> Peak rolled on, transport staff were out monitoring numbers. Ah, yeah. The best way to avoid crowds is to use a travel app like TripView or Opal Travel. Uh, they download another app. <laughs> Just download another app. Nothing can go wrong if you just download another app. That's the best way to get around public transport now because the green sticker thing isn't working. The limits on the buses aren't working. So download an app. That'll fix it. 
Hey, we're bringing out another app. <laughs> Don't worry. Google's got another app. Google will, the app will tell you which bus you can get on. Another app will tell you what time you can go to work. This is great. You don't have to think at all. Just do what the app, just do what the phone tells you. It's weird. It's like, as a collective, I don't think that we've ever had more access to information, right? At the drop of a hat. We have, we have, we have the access, we have access to information that for previous generations, they could only dream about it. How easy it is for us to, you know, learn things and discover things and, and travel places and learn more about the world and all of this stuff. It's, it's really like a dream for somebody who's like a bit of an information sponge. But at the same time, we've never been so collectively stupid, I don't think. There's never been another time in human history where we've had so much information available, yet we've been so collectively dumb. <laughs> yeah, download, yeah, the app tells me I need to get on this bus. The app tells me where I need to go. I don't have to think for myself at all. Show how many people are on board the bus or train mm -hmm. as it arrives. <laughs> train patronage was up 6% yesterday oh. from a week ago, eh? though the number of passengers on buses was down 4%. The Premier telling us to drive instead. Yeah. A crash on the M5 this morning yeah. gridlocked the motorway. <laughs> a throwback to pre-lockdown time. <laughs> so like 50% of the workforce is now at home and you're still getting bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic jams on fucking freeways. Everything's just running according to plan. Uh, speaking of apps, ladies and gentlemen, trust the apps, download a new app, because as you know, apps never have problems. There's never anything wrong with the apps, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've covered this on the show. The government's COVID safe app, which is designed to track your movements to make sure that you don't catch the coof. Uh, nothing ever goes wrong. The government's COVID safe app is experiencing technical issues. Te technical issues. <laughs> technical issues. But I thought this was going to keep me safe. I thought the app was here to protect me. Remember all of the press conferences? If you're in Australia and you remember all of the press conferences, the app is amazing. The app is, they, there is no fault with the app. The app is going to protect you from coronavirus. We need everybody to download the app. We need everybody to have the app so we can protect you, so we can keep you safe. There's nothing wrong with the app. Okay, so get, you know what? New apps that are rolled out quickly, they have technical glitches, guys. Let's be fair. What's the technical glitch? Like maybe it shuts down when it shouldn't. You know, maybe the app freezes up or something like that. That can happen. That can happen with established apps. That can happen with DLive. It can happen with YouTube. It happens all the time, right? These things happen. So I'm sure it's just some kind of like little glitchy kind of thing like that, right? Like I'm sure that the app's the app's problem is nothing to be concerned about. Ambelina with the diamond. Google is MAGA. You got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. That's that looks like MAGA to me. Google is MAGA. 
So I'm sure the app's glitch is really not that big of a deal. Let's have a look. Since COVID Safe app is experiencing technical issues. Okay. New South Wales Health reports the mm -hmm. data from the app is unable to be used to trace contacts of an infected person, which is the primary purpose for the application. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Like, you know, I this I am the black shirt wearing libertarian raising the black flag, right? So you know, my my skepticism towards government solutions is already baked into this show. So fair enough, right? And I some might say I even have a little bit of a bias in that regard. I'll always take a bias towards skepticism. Don't get me wrong. But here you have two two fine examples. Like, I don't know. If you're somebody who genuinely believes that, like, government is, like, here for, to, they're here to protect you and they do the right thing and they do wonderful things and they're, they're always on top of the game. And, I mean, if you drink that Kool-Aid, I, I don't even know how to talk to you at this point. Like, I don't even know how to tell you that it's like, it's like trying to tell a child that Santa Claus doesn't exist. You know what I mean? <coughs> So the regulations on public transport, which were designed to keep people safe, to keep people isolated, lasted 24 hours in the system. Whoosh, yank it. Not working. Doesn't work. People are just... <laughs> just doesn't work. It, never, it was never going to work. We knew that 24 hours ago. Unfortunately, we probably had to spend a few hundred thousand dollars putting stickers on fucking seats in buses and trains in order to prove to the people who came up with the idea that it doesn't work instead of just, you know, thinking about it. That was too hard. But the COVID safe app, which has been in development for months, an unlimited budget. The government has an unlimited budget. They can borrow as much money as they want access to like all of the best minds and all of the latest information and all of the data. And there's nothing holding them back. And the one thing that the app is designed to do, they see the audacity even of the news report here? They say it's a glitch. No, 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 no. Listen, listen again. App is experiencing technical issues. It's a technical issue. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? It's a technical issue. It's a glitch. New South Wales Health reports the data from the app is unable to be used to trace contacts <laughs> of an infected person, which is the primary purpose for the application. <laughs> right? Kitty B in the chat says, this is just idiots who finally have some sense of power throwing shit on a canvas and trying to make it pretty. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. It's like... <clears throat> It's like the baseball players who get to play during a strike. And when they come in and they start playing during the professional player strike, you realize why these guys are not the professionals, right? So the, these people who are coming up with these plans and these ideas and these regulations and these apps and these fucking guidelines, they've been sitting on the sidelines for a long time waiting for their opportunity to put me in, coach. Put me in. I've been training hard. 
I've been coming up with all of these wonderful ideas. I've been coming up with all of these solutions. Put me in. I'm ready. I can win the game. And then you put them into the football game. like for, And in the first two minutes, they fumble the ball five times. Oh, It's because you, you shouldn't be there. You're not competent. You have no right to be there. You, you have no place in this world of like governing other people's lives. You're pathetic. You're dumb. You're paid too much. And you're terrible at your jobs. <laughs> That's why you're not the professionals. So they have the audacity. The one thing that the app was designed to do, turns out it doesn't work. <laughs> so they call that a technical issue, a glitch. No, no, that's not a glitch. That's not a technical issue. If I if I design a bike, right, and the purpose of the bike is to have the wheels spin and propel itself down the road, but it doesn't move out of the driveway, that's not a technical issue. That's not a glitch. That's a fuck up. That's incompetence. Like if I put square wheels on the bike so it doesn't, they don't spin, that's not a glitch. If you come up with an app to do one thing, which is do you know contact tracing, and it doesn't do the contact tracing, then that's a fuck up. That's not a glitch. It's not a technical issue. Months in development, unlimited budget, access to the best minds in the sector. Fucked it up. <laughs> that's the government for you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, what do we have here? Uh, this was, I was tagged in this by Kimmy Wysensa. Don't forget tomorrow night, 9 p.m. She said, we should see more people like this. I haven't seen this yet, so let's have a look. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Normally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. Thank you. Give this guy a fucking round of applause, huh? Technically, you're all in violation of an executive order. But with that in mind, have a nice day. <laughs> I like this. We need more of this. Why can't we see more of this? I think we may see more of this. Listen, listen to the round of it. Yeah, he's popular. This guy, he's like a, he's like a rock star. Ben K. Veritas, oh, great throwback. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond uh, says, the gear is fine, we just have a constitution problem. Touche, sir. Touche. You remember that uh, Donald Trump press conference we played on this show? He was asked about the contract, uh, the contact tracing app. Oh, you know, Google and Apple, they're working very well together. You know, they're coming up with something. Our, our tracing uh, software is going to be so much better than everybody else's. You know, Singapore is doing something, I heard. But our, our stuff is going to be so much better than Singapore. But, you know, there's a constitutional problem. There's no problem with the gear. The gear is great. The software is great. But there's, you know, some people have an issue with the constitution, like privacy or whatever. But don't worry. We're going to work our way through that. Ours is going to be so much better. <laughs> there's a constitution. He literally said the constitution is a problem in that press conference. But whatever. Uh, congratulations to these guys. Rock stars now. Look at this. Fantastic. One more time. Executive order. One night note. One night note. Have a good day. Everybody be safe. Thank you. Yeah!
fantastic. Absolutely fantastico. All right. Uh, oh, this is, this is a fun one. Let's go here. Texas, God bless Texas. God bless Texas and God bless Texans. Texas go topless Jeep weekend news report becomes an instant classic. Not even the coronavirus pandemic could stop Texas's annual Go Topless Jeep Weekend, a wild party that resulted in nearly 200 arrests and raised eyebrows on social media. I'm a fan already. 200 arrests? They were having a good time. A viral local news report. We love lo- local news reports here on this show. A viral local news report about the boozy beach bus. Uh, coherent nonsense in the chat, quite brightly, probably points out he won't be getting a promotion. I tend to agree, but at least he'll be able to fucking sleep at night. <laughs> I couldn't do that job. I couldn't go up to people and start arresting them for, for standing around, not breaking any law. So I, I wouldn't last in that job either. There's a, it turns out during coronavirus, I've discovered there's a whole bunch of jobs that I, I'm not capable of doing. Funny that. A viral local news report about the boozy beach bash in Galve- Galveston, not Galveston, showed maskless revelers drinking, twerking, and driving around in ATVs as resigned cops admitted it was impossible to enforce social distancing. Did they try putting uh, green stickers on the beach? You know, the police say it's impossible to enforce this. Have they asked the public servants to come up with a whole bunch of rules and regulations yet? Have you tried? Um, Excuse me, Galveston, have you at least instructed your public health officials to come up with some kind of plan to enforce social distancing on the beach. Maybe we could put, uh, maybe we could draw little lines in the sand, literally. Hmm? Maybe that'll fix the problem. Sample uh, reloaded over under on how long, how long till tracing data's hacked. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a very, very, very short window on that one. I, I would go hours <laughs> after it's released. Hours. Uh, we, we did the story, like, just based on previous uh, experience. We did the story of the AI software uh, Clearview AI, right? What, a month ago on this show? 600 law enforcement agencies were now using this, this app where you can take somebody's picture on the street and it trawls all of the social media sites and YouTube and Facebook and Ring Twitter. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the winning sub. Uh, thank you for the winning sub. Thank you for the gifted sub. I guess it is a winning sub. Thank you for the winning sub, winning TV. So this app trawls social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of them, uh, to find images that match up with the image that the, the app has taken of the person on the street. And then within seconds, it brings up the person's name, their address, where they work, who their friends are. And then you can do the same thing to the friends and find out all of their contacts. This all happens in fractions Ring of a second. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. That, that thing was barely made public knowledge before it was hacked. Like, I think it was hacked before it was made public. So, you know, it doesn't take long. So I'd give it hours. Uh, thank you for the gifted sub. Winning TV, handing out the subs, ladies and gentlemen. If you want a sub on the D-Live, now's the time. Winning TV being very generous. Uh, so God bless our our Texan brothers and sisters. We've been in quarantine. Let's let's have a look at the report, shall we? Let's see what's going on in Texas. Texas does seem like a nice party town. There is a like a reputation for Texas elsewhere in the world that it's like, you know, it's cowboys, but that's it. 
Like it's it's only cowboys and it's only like you know barbecue restaurants and it's it's like um I don't know gunslingers and shit like that. It's like a pantomime representation of Texas. Now, I, like personally, I know that that's not necessarily true because, like I told you, I grew up like a Houston Rockets fan, so I'd always try to keep track of like news in Houston. And you know, like Houston's like a liberal town; it's not, um, <clears throat> it doesn't, it's not a desert with you know cactus and fucking oil rigs and shit. Uh, it's just like a whatever, like an every other fucking liberal town in the United States. So let's have a look at this local news report from Galveston, Texas. God bless the good people of Texas. Let's have a look. After several weeks of being stuck inside, thousands have flocked here to... <laughs> how, are, how are all of these uh, FM radio guys getting jobs at television stations? After several weeks of being stuck inside, Texans are taking... Call 1-800-FAST-CASH. Call. When you hear the sound of the Galveston... Uh, if when you hear the sound of the Galveston mayor on the radio, call 1-800-FAST-CASH and you'll go in the draw to win $500. Don't forget to catch out boys in the rock van. They're going to be down at the local gas station in Galveston. They're going to be handing out cans of Pepsi and tickets to the meat raffle. You want to be there. <laughs> Why do they always do this? <laughs> you, you can talk normally. This is not an FM radio phone contest, right? After several weeks of after several weeks being stuck inside, thousands have flocked here to Bolivar Peninsula to make the most of their time while out. Been in quarantine and like I need to get out and party. Woo! <laughs> Think I'm in love. <laughs> Now, she's already put a few away, you can tell. She's already got a few under her belt. You can tell by the red the red cheeks. You know, the, the eyes kind of rolling around in the back of her head. The, the hand movements. Yeah, she's a big girl. That's okay. That's okay. Little cushion for the pushing. That's fine. <clears throat> but I, li- I like her. I like her. This is, this is my kind of chick right here. <laughs> Time while loud. Been in quarantine. Go top his Jeep weekend. What's better than beach and a few drinks and Jeeps? Man, it getting better than that. In full swing at beaches on Bolivar Peninsula. <laughs> this event comes at a time where beaches across the state are reopening following the coronavirus pandemic. See, I'll get I'll get friends of mine who are, you know, more progressive and stuff, and they'll send me clips like this. And I'll say, oh, what's wrong with these crazy Americans, these fucking Americans? They're dumb. They're clueless. It's a pandemic. Look at them. They're fucking idiots, blah, blah, blah. And like my reply to stuff like that is like, this is why I love America. This is why I love Americans. I like this. It's exactly why I like them. Because <laughs> they're not like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, this, this kind of American here, this, this is the salt of the earth kind of people. Yeah, fuck it. We've been in quarantine for two weeks. I just can't get out. Can I get drunk? Woo! <laughs> Fuck it out. Fuck them. And beachgoers like... And just ride around in a Jeep and like shoot guns at things. Fuck it. That's exactly why I like them. Chelsea Collier are still taking precautions to stay safe. Wash them hands for 20 seconds and keep them clean with their... <laughs> 
She's a vet. <laughs> See, still promoting a safety message, still doing the right thing, making sure that the message gets out there. She's 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 not irresponsible. To stay safe. Wash them hands for twenty seconds and keep them clean with the Germex. Totally. At last year's Go Topless <laughs> event. Chaos erupted. Chaos. About 80 people were arrested. Listen, listen to the fucking presenter. Chaos erupted. <laughs> All right, calm down, sir. Oh, Ben K. Veritas. He's he's writing parody songs, ladies and gentlemen. Ben K. Veritas with a dime says, Millions of beaches, beaches for me. Luck out. <clears throat> Somebody. Please ban Ben K. Veritas from the chat immediately. Never to return. Don't ban him. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think he, he's a mod, so you can't ban him anyway. Oh, God. Somebody take his axe away. <laughs> you have lost your moderator privileges, sir. Jermax, totally. At last year's Go Topless event, chaos erupted. About 80 people were arrested. Chaos. Six people were taken to the hospital. Mm. But this go-round, the Galveston... It doesn't sound like chaos. It sounds like a good fucking time, if you ask me. County Sheriff's Office has enlisted the help of 40 DPS troopers. Come down and have a good time. You yep. have a good time? Yep. There's no issues. Yep. But when you start acting silly... Yep. Like Then you're having a real good time. <laughs> you can come down, you can have a good time. You have a good time, then there's no issue. But if you start acting silly... You having a real fucking good time. Now you get out there, you song bitch. Captain Hedger with a diamond, God bless America. Like the sheriff said on the previous interview, we've got a jail that's got a whole lot of empty holes. Oh, the yeah? sheriff's office have made at least 63 arrests so far in connection to Jeep Weekend. As for the enforcement of social distancing, they say it's challenging to enforce. I mean, you can't. It's just, it's not possible to do that on this beach with the amount of people that we have here another victory another victory <laughs> do you want me to play it again listen to this yeah well you know if you if you fucking around out there <clears throat> we got jail we got a whole ton, we got a whole ton of empty jail cells if you if you're doing the wrong thing you can have fun everybody wants you to have fun but if you go silly, we're going to put you in jail. Uh, what about the social distancing guidelines? Well, we can't do that. <laughs> it's just too goddamn. I mean, look at it. There's too goddamn many of them out there. How the hell are we supposed to enforce social distancing on this motherfucker? We can't do that. <clears throat> As it's been said before many times, there's a whole lot more of you than there are of them. You know, I'm, I'm not breaking new ground here. If people just go, then there's nothing they could do about it, right? We already know that. We knew that pre-lockdown. You know, re remember the videos that we saw? Here's here's the fun thing. Remember the videos we saw of, like, police going into, like, the ghetto neighbourhoods and stuff and being chased out, right? <laughs> Separate loaded with a diamond. Did someone say axe? You're going to have to earn your axe with JJ Stoner before I even consider you for an axe on this program. It's a, it's it's actually a whole different criteria to get an axe on this show. There's a, there's a whole series of personal tests that you need to pass. It's like a hazing ritual at a frat, at a fraternity. 
There will be nudity. There will be spanking. There will be footage taken of the events, just in case you, um, you know, you go too far with the axe. We upload that shit directly to YouTube, and it's there forever. So it's a, you know, it's a risk if you if you're willing to take the risk. But if you want to be part of the brotherhood, if you want to be part of the boogie bumper fraternity, you know, people have to make sacrifices. Someone in the chat, JJ Stoner says, spoiler alert, Boogie likes dildos. <laughs> so remember the footage that we played of police going into like the ghetto neighborhoods and being chased out by like hundreds of people, like, cause there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that can be done in there. There's absolutely, like, so there's just too many of them. So they walk out. And at the time I was saying, oh, look, you know, this isn't good. They don't respect, they don't respect the cops. They're not fucking listening to them. <clears throat> they don't care. They're not listening. Blah 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 blah. So now I understand. <laughs> now I kind of get it. To be fair, because this is evidence of it right here. That really, if enough people want to do something, there isn't anything that can be done about it. There's nothing can be done about it. And the cops are just admitting, hey, if look, all of these people on the beach, we can't enforce that shit. We can't enforce the social distancing. There's too many of them. There's nothing we can do. So that should be the end of the discussion then, right? The woo girls win. The drunkards win. The party girls, the party guys driving around in their Jeeps, shooting their fucking pistols in the air. woo Yeah! They win the day. And the idiotic social distancing laws lose. It's just, it's not possible to do that on this beach with the amount of people that we have the additional presence of law enforcement has been a welcoming sight for beachgoers given the history of this event law enforcement has definitely made their visibility and made people chill out and not be as crazy the cuts are doing their job as long as they don't be mean to people who are actually being innocent then i'm all gravy baby i don't and then i'm all gravy baby <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, darling, I don't think there are too many people out there being innocent by the looks of this footage. People chill out and not be as crazy. The cops are doing their job as long as they don't be mean to people who are actually being innocent. Then I'm all gravy, baby. And if you missed out on today's <laughs> festivities, I'm you can come out tomorrow. Like the Galveston County Sheriff's Office says, act responsible while having fun. Responsible government endorse fun. And much to my pleasure the good people of Galveston at the top down Jeep rally say nah fuck that <laughs> 200 people get arrested people shooting guns five people end up in hospital that's how you have fun fuck them <laughs> alright we're going to take a quick five minute break got so much to get through as usual I've barely even scratched the surface of the material we have tonight so I hope you'll stick around uh, we'll be back in five minutes you're listening to the Daily Boogie ladies and gentlemen we'll see you soon your novelty comedy songs organic handmade with painstaking care put into every note 
will look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Live.tv slash JJ Stover. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the JJ Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. But don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian Dick Tracy? <laughs> you. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, get, you gotta, you just gotta do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, uh, come on, you secretly really love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so. Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with the Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. 
That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censor, defectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee evening, some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But well, why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. Watch old things All the warm fuzzy member berries it brings It's a special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie Can't be old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Thanks for hanging out. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Daily Boogie Podcast on a Tuesday night. Don't forget, 9pm tonight. Uh, special edition of Why Censored. DLive.tv slash Why Censored. Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, joining our good friend Kimmy to discuss the anniversary of the Killdozer, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to that. <clears throat> Tremendous story. If you don't know what the Killdozer is all about, then be sure to follow Ycensored, dlife.tv slash Ycensored. Tune in at 9 o'clock tonight. Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, fr- the Bearded Truth, <laughs> friend of the show, will be discussing all things Killdozer <clears throat> and probably other stuff too. And then don't forget, Nightwave at 10 p.m. tonight. So much stuff going on. Now, <clears throat> there's a couple of ways that we can kick off the second half of the show. And just, I want to say thanks. Uh, it, it's good to see Doc Martin in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Doc. 
Um, thanks for thanks to Winning TV, Phil D'Angelo for sending in that promo. If I could just like say one thing, right? So, and d- don't get me wrong, like I'm not having a go at anyone or anything. It's life's too short for that stuff. Um, so when I, it's 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 the same kind of thing that I was talking about before, right? So. Remember a few weeks ago, I told you the story how I was sharing out like JJ Stoner, um, Sunday Night Shit Show, Revenge of the Sis and stuff. And somebody like hit me up in DM, like fucking MagaThought45 with a flag avatar on Twitter. Somebody I've never interacted with. <clears throat> and then started acting like internet mummy and saying things like, "How? why are you sharing these shows? Um, I used to have so much respect for you. I don't like this. Like, this is disgusting, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't even respond to it. Like, I just kind of just closed, deleted the, the DM and moved on with my life. Because I've, I've learned that lesson. Like, there's if somebody's willing, if their first interaction with you directly is going to be lecturing you on, on what you should do, then I've discovered, like, after a few years of doing this, like live streaming and podcasting, you there is literally no point going into that discussion. Like why even try to why try to explain to that person if that's their if that's their first port of call as an action like to interact with me on a one to one basis then there's no point talking to them because you can imagine the rest of their life like what a shitty human being they must be sorry to be so quick to judge but that's that's a good indication for mine that you're not somebody I want to talk to you're not somebody that I want to please you're not somebody I want to associate with you're somebody that I want to get as far away from as possible. Because I would never do that. <clears throat> like, I might be a terrible person in many respects, but I would never make my first interaction with somebody lecturing them um, about who, what shows, what, like, what they should retweet on Twitter and stuff. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Get a life. You're a sick human being. Get away from me. So, <clears throat> in a similar vein, um, you know, I, I get on, Phil and I are friends. I love Doc. She loves me. She said so in the chat. Of course she does. She's human and she's a female, so I can't put, hold that against her. <laughs> Just kidding. So um, I share uh, winning TV out because, like, I support. I want Phil to do well. I want Phil to have a good show. I want. I, I like Phil. I like what they do. But um, it's it's no secret. Like, I'm a very, very Q-skeptic person. Like, I, for example, I'm in a private group with a whole bunch of people and they're pretty much all Q people. And every now and then I will go into that private group and I will throw a fucking hand grenade in and I'll start tearing up Q theory and I'll ask questions and I'll try to put people on the spot and I'll try to make them uncomfortable and I'll ask uncomfortable. And sometimes it gets heated. But you know what? That's like 1% of the interactions. So that doesn't stop me from liking them as a person. That doesn't stop me from talking to them about Things like, oh, winning TV with a diamond. I just spat out my drink. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that doesn't stop me uh, talking to them about other things. That doesn't stop me liking them as a person. That doesn't stop me uh, interacting with them about things like, I don't know, food or sport or other aspects of politics, right? It's just when the discussion comes up about the Q shit, I'm like, well, that's all that's all nonsense. And they say, no, it isn't. It's true. I'm like, okay, right? And I'm kind of I'm tired of like the ideological purity tests. So in the same in a similar vein, like I shared out uh, Winning TV show, and to be fair, I don't think Phil is a Q guy. I think Phil is a, like a Q skeptic, but he lets people on his show air what they think, which is like the kind of way that it's supposed to work. 
Um, if you want to just surround yourself with everybody who just agrees with you 100% of the time, I can't do that. That's a, that's a very boring existence for me. I actually seek out people that I disagree with because I, I need that friction. I need that, that thought exercise. I'm the kind of guy that if you put me in a room with 100 people and they all agree, my first thought is uh, we must be missing something. We must be getting something wrong. How is it possible that we're all agreeing? I'll start looking for reasons to disagree with people, right? So <clears throat> in the same vein, somebody uh, got in touch, like they weren't being rude or anything, but they said, what, what's the deal? Why are you sharing this? These are Q people. And I, I didn't respond because I didn't see the need. But for, like again, just because um, like people on Phil's show like think Q is real, that doesn't stop me from liking them as people. <laughs> I just think that particular aspect of... Uh, you know, what they believe to be true is wrong. But so what? There's probably, they probably think that Coke is better than Pepsi. And I disagree with them on that. I think Pepsi's better than Coke. Like if we're, because people complain that we're at each other's throats too much, right? Like, oh, things that you can't disagree with people anymore. People will actively say it's bullshit. We can't have debates anymore. We can't disagree with people anymore. We're not allowed to mix with people who have different views and then say all of the people who believe this thing need to get the fuck away from me. It's like you're doing the thing that you say that you hate. So why? <laughs> so it's all it's all right to um, be friends with somebody who believes in something that you don't believe in. I grew up like that. I grew up with Muslim friends. I don't believe that uh, Islam is like the fucking one true faith. It didn't stop us playing basketball together. You know what I mean? If we're going to like break down, and you don't have to do this, but it's just the, the way I look at things now. <clears throat> when I was younger, I was a lot more angry. I was a lot more prone to that kind of response to things that I disagreed with. But life's too fucking short, man. I genuinely don't care anymore about most of that stuff. And yeah, like when Q stuff comes up, I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to put people on the spot. I'm going to ask hard questions because I don't think a lot of it uh, adds up. And you know what? That doesn't stop them from talking to me either. They still support what I do. They still like my show. They still share the show out. And they probably have Q friends who are saying, why are you sharing this fucking anti-Q person around, right? So it works both ways. And if we're ever going to get to a point where it's like, it's okay to disagree about things, then it's like, be the change you believe in. <laughs> sorry sorry to sound like fucking hippie and, uh, you know, lovey-dovey and all that stuff, but I'm just done with the purity test shit. And like, you know, personally, if you're... Like, I've been through that. Like, so I've I've had people who have been like hardcore fans of this podcast for like two years. If I say one thing that they disagree with, all of a sudden I become like a fucking traitor and a coward and a disgusting human being. And now they're like involved in like little schemes to try and take fucking YouTube clips down. Like, they just become instant enemies based on one thing that I say that they disagree. They might have agreed with everything for two years. And then at that point, bang, they hate you. It's like, I, if you're that kind of a person, man, I don't even fucking want to be around you. You're too much. <laughs> but whatever. Everybody's free to do what they want. You know, like Lady Fritz has said, I don't even block people. I can't be bothered. I let you guys sort it out. If you're having issues, like if you, you know, people used to come in the chat when it was just on Periscope. OG listeners to this show will remember. Remember when we were just on Periscope? People would constantly complain. 
oh, why doesn't Boogie block this person? Boogie, you need to block this guy. Block this guy. Block this guy. Block this guy. I'm not blocking anyone. You fucking figure it out. You're an adult. I'm not going to police the chat for you. You fucking do it. <laughs> if you want to block someone, fucking block them. I don't care what you do, but I'm not blocking anyone. doesn't bother me. <laughs> and once you go down like that blocking path and like cutting people out, like I've had people like stop talking to me because of my political views. I haven't stopped talking to anyone because of theirs, but people have legitimately like just cut me off because of what I think politically. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm better off now. UK Neil with a diamond, be a boring world if we all agreed on everything. Exactly. Exactly. Now, UK Neil, for example, he's a Rangers fan. I'm a Celtic fan. Now, every other day of the year when Rangers and Celtic aren't playing, I'm sure we get on like a house on fire. But on that day, he's a fucking son of a bitch and I hate his guts. But then when that day's when the game's over, I'll be like, hey, how you going, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> when the game's on, I'm going to call him all fucking insults under the sun. But when the game's over, eh, yeah, Neil's all right. He's a good guy. You know what I mean? So that's just the way I operate. You know, if you don't like it, you, you, you are free to go. You have my blessing. I'm not keeping it. No one's got a gun. No one's got a fucking gun to your head. So that's just the way I roll. Um, now, for our next item here, I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm going to let you decide what you want to do. There is a very tantalizing option on the table. So we can do serious because I've got some serious. Remember last week we played the clips of people going into the homes of private citizens, dragging them out. We played the clip of the California, I forget which county it was, but one of the counties in California, the health department official saying, we will come into your home to assess your living conditions. And if you are, you know, if you are, infected with COVID-19, we will isolate you. And if that means taking you out of your own home and putting you in another home, we will do it, right? And we said on the show back then last week that this this particular angle, like this conversation point is being had all over the Western world right now. It's just that nobody's talking about it. Well, now the chickens are coming home to roost. Now more people are taking footage. Now more people are listening. If people devoted... 1% of the time that they obsess over what Donald Trump says, right? To what the bureaucrats and the public servants say in these little local government areas, people would be 100% smarter, if you follow me. Some people follow Donald Trump 100%, everything what Trump says, and that's it. It Like, it doesn't go any further. Smart people realize like a lot of the game happens well below that level. And if you took 1% of the time you dedicate to what Trump says and what Trump tweets about and what Trump thinks and the Trump stuff and applied it to like the head of the health department in your local county, you would be 99% better off because that's where the real fucking game is played. The people who aren't even voted in because they can do what they want and they're there for life and they fucking know it. They're the ones who come up with the rules to put stickers on trains. They're the ones who come up with the rules that you need to stand this far apart. They're the ones who come up with the rules that say only five or six people can travel to a house at any given time. They're the ones who come up with the rules that say you can only travel, you know, X amount of miles on your holiday. They're the ones doing it. But whatever. So we can go down that path because I've got more stories, more press conferences of people, you know, 
saying that we're going to come and take your kids away. Or, so that's option one. Or we can do option two. A bit of background for option two. My lovely wife, the Mrs. Boogie, this is a true statement, does not care one single iota for this show. Just not interested. Benke Veritas with a diamond. Glad that disclaimer is over. For fuck's sake, get a grip, folks. <laughs> Benke Veritas still has a hatchet, I see. He's working furiously to have it removed. The lovely Mrs. Boogie, <clears throat> the lady Boogie, as we refer to her, she has no interest in this show whatsoever. She doesn't care. <laughs> in fact, if I try to bring it up, she says, don't talk to me about that boring shit. She's, she's not a political person at all, which is fine for me because if she was, we'd probably kill each other by now. Not interested in it. And she never like contributes things to the show. She never sends me things and says, hey, this might be good until today. And she sent me this clip and she said, you need to have a look at this guy. And it's a cooking show. <clears throat> Apparently, it's getting like a little bit of popular. <laughs> Kitty B in the chat, the bumper to your boogie. <laughs> it's getting a little popular. It's an Aussie dude who does some kind of cooking show. I haven't watched the clip yet, but she said, you need to check this out. And I'm like, well, if it's, if it's good enough for her to go to that level, to send it like in reference to like, you need to see this, then it's probably going to be good enough for the show. I'm not sure. So it is a cooking scenario though. So it's nothing to do with anything serious, but don't worry. We've got a couple more shows this week. There's, there's going to be plenty of time to inspire you to slit your wrists. Metaphorically, of course. Before the week is done, we can get back to the depressing stuff, but I'll leave it up to you. So press one in the chat. If you want to talk about children being ripped out of their homes due to COVID-19 and political overreach and bureaucrats and all of that juicy stuff, or press two in the chat for the mystery box. <laughs> the mystery box. I have no idea how this is going to play. I have no idea if it's going to be good or not. I have no idea what this video is about. All I got told was, you need to see this. So, one in the chat for public servants, two in the chat for the mystery box. Winning TV with a diamond says, they can at least get it right. I follow Z. He follows Z. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Q is, uh, Phil is a bit of a skeptic when it comes to the Q stuff but he just lets people say what they think and he'll disagree when he disagrees and he'll agree when he agrees. That's why I fucking like the guy. <laughs> oh, look at this. It's wall-to-wall -to -wall twos. Need a break. Three. People are like, what's in the box? They want the mystery box. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> we'll do the mystery box. Let's do this. Let's rock and roll. And if it doesn't work, don't blame me. I'm just a passenger. Let's see what we have here. Wham, bam, thank you, lamb, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know this about me or not. I'm a big fan of the lamb. Love the lamb. Uh, especially spit roasted. I'm a big spit roasty kind of a guy. I love a leg of lamb. My favorite um, lamb roast would be a rolled forequarter of lamb. Like after it's deboned, roll it up, put it in some netting. <clears throat> he's not overweight. He looks like he's got long hair, um, military fatigue shirt, and a lot of tattoos. And he appears to be throwing something in the air. But I'm a big fan of lamb, but it's got to be heavily salted. Lots of You can't get enough salt on the outside of a lamb roast, as far as I'm concerned. It should be caked on. It should be an inch thick. So let's let's see what this is all about. 
pub favourites. Slow-cooked slow lamb with mash and veg, except you cook it for five minutes in the microwave. Don't think I remember having this one at the pub. I can see ya. <laughs> I, okay. Starting to like him already. <laughs> Don't think I remember having this one at the pub. Fucking see ya. Going on, champions. We're not at the pub, we're at home still. We're not eating that fucking shit, I'll tell you that much. Now, listen, I know you're all missing the pub. You missed the pub, I missed the pub. We all missed the pub. It's a sacrilege to the memory of the pub to be eating a fucking frozen slow-roasted frisbee. So let's not... God damn it. Who the hell is this fucking hero, huh? Holy shit. Fucking salute, fucking. That's a that's if if you if you want to know what an Australian patriot looks like, they don't wear military uniforms. They might wear military styled shirts, but they don't wear military uniforms. Australian patriots talk about what a fucking sin it is to close a pub. That's that's what they do. <laughs> Go here at nods is to say regrets already. <laughs> Donalds is a better chef. We haven't even seen him yet in the pub. You missed the pub, I missed the pub, we all missed the pub. We all missed the pub. It's a sacrilege to the memory of the pub to be eating a fucking frozen slow-roasted frisbee. Fuck so it. let's not be dirty. See, some, some people accuse me of being, of cursing too much. I get that quite a bit, actually. Well, this show would be good if you didn't have such a potty mouth. This show would be okay if you didn't curse so much. It's like, well, I'm an Australian, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> you really don't understand Australian men. I listened to this Australian guy. Um, I listened to this blue-collar Australian guy from the western suburbs of Sydney. Uh, it's really good, except that he curses too much. I actually curse a lot less than most of the people I know. <laughs> what kind of salt do you use? Uh, pink Himalayan rock salt. Yes, I knew that straight away. Pink Himalayan rock salt. Got to be pink. So I actually curse a lot less than most of the people I grew up with, believe it or not. And if you don't believe it, you're a fucking idiot. Buggers and microwave our pub memories. Let's fucking cook it the right way. Yeah. You'll need a lamb shoulder, some onions, carrots, some garlic, potatoes, cream. <laughs> pointing at stuff, but not looking at it. Doesn't really matter what stock you use. As usual, you can use any stock you like. Probably not fish stock. Not fish I'm using stock. Chicken stock with the lamb and beef stock for the gravy. First thing you're going to need to do is cut up some onions and line the bottom of the baking tray with it. Okay, so he's doing like the little quirky little YouTube things, like putting little images up and stuff, but it it looks good. Like, it looks like a cooking show. Like, contrast this with Toddles that we watched the other day. Remember when Toddles put the camera down in front of the microwave and all we could see was fucking microwave? This guy has actually probably watched a cooking show before in his life, before he's attempted to do one. We can see all... Remember, there's a process here. We can see all of the ingredients, right? So there's the three phases to every cooking segment. Number one, here's all the shit you need. Number two, here's how the fuck you make it. Number three, this is what it looks like when it's done. That's, that's it. That's all you need to remember. The formula for a successful cooking show. And make sure you do those three phases well. Toddles, on the other hand, what, he got a piece of pita bread, he slapped some tomato juice on it, he sat the camera down so it was facing a microphone so we couldn't fucking see anything, and then put it in a toaster. And then we didn't even get to see it come out. I see you in hell! Don't put it there because that's where you need to chop. Cut up some onions in ring kind of style. I mean, doesn't fucking matter. Cut them, whatever. <laughs> Cover the lamb. <laughs>
we're only a minute into this. Exactly. Rusty in the chat. At least this guy doesn't need his mum's permission to use the oven. <laughs> I'm already seeing. I, I, I already like this. That's a very Australian approach. Right. So cut them into ring style. Ah, fuck it. Just cut them up. Whatever. <laughs> just whatever you. Just cut them however you fucking want, mate. And some salt. Bang some pepper on it. Go steal some rice. Green on the chat. Starting block. Uh, the starting block zone. Greeno, ladies and gentlemen. Greeno, 893. Thank you for joining us, brother. I've never seen this guy before. Greeno is my co-host on the starting block, which is once a week on... It would be in East Coast time. It would be like Friday morning at like 5.30 a.m. or thereabouts. Uh, generally plagued with technical issues and unfunny dialogue. That's, Ring that's the bell pretty much what we and do. Get your cheese, man. Winning TV with a gifted sub. Thank you so much. Uh, really, all that we have, like we both grew up, like just a quick little off topic, we both grew up as big fans of David Letterman. So that's really what we style our show on is we both agree that David Letterman's true talent was not interviewing people. It wasn't comedy. It wasn't monologues. It wasn't any of that stuff. David Letterman's real talent was wasting the audience's time. That's what he was the best at, with like pointless discussions, pointless comments, pointless segments, just pointlessness. Like he was just running down the clock from minute one to minute 60. So that's what we model our show on. How can we waste the audience's time with pointless discussion? So if you want to check it out, uh, one word, dlive.tv, the starting block. Drop the K at the end, no K at the end. Semper Reloaded, the whimsy disgusts me. I'm gone forever, maybe. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even get your axe yet. What the fuck is he doing? Break it up and chuck it in the bottom of the pan. Bit of rosemary. Bang the lamb in. Put some more rosemary <laughs> on top. Bust up a shitload of garlic cloves and drop shitload. them in as well. A shitload. <laughs> now, what is the... Mes what is the uh, what is the scientific measurement of a shitload, I hear you ask, my American brothers and sisters? Well, I'd love to tell you, but unfortunately, it's just a knowledge that's inborn in every Australian. Only an Australian knows what a shitload is. And the volume of a shitload depends on what the item is, right? Like a shitload of human turd might be one thing, but a shitload of garlic butter is probably something else. It's probably a lot smaller. You just have to, you have to feel it. Something inside you as an Australian says, we've hit the shitload mark. That's it. So if they're asking for a shitload, you've just got to know. It's like a sixth sense. Oh, whoop. Oh, landed in there. Whoop. Static void in the chat. The amount you could fit in your rectum? <laughs> no, that's too literal. Bust up some garlic cloves and just chuck them in. Cover it with a bit of olive oil. Tip in a cup of salt. See, Fascist Hippie gets it. Fascist Hippie, uh, another fellow Aussie bro. It's a bit less than a fuckload. Exactly. I think it goes shitload, shit ton, fuckload. That's generally like the measurement scale from lowest to highest. Chicken stock. Wrap it tightly with foil. You want to kind of airtight, but it doesn't heap cabra matter. Once that's done... It doesn't heaps cabra matter. <laughs> cabra matter is a suburb of Sydney. Preheat your fucking oven to 160 your degrees. Fucking oven. Put the fucking lamb in the oven and shut the door. <laughs> now, all you got to do is leave it in there for four to five hours, depending on the size of your lamb shoulder. If you got a bigger one, leave it in there for longer. If you got a smaller one, leave it in there for less longer. In less the meantime, longer. peel and cut up your potatoes and chuck them in a pot. 
<laughs> What's up, Doc? If you bought fancy carrots like this, cut the green shit off. I just like these. <laughs> cut the green shit off. <laughs> this this should be a cooking show. This this guy should be on fucking television. I don't care. Like if it's paid, it should be cable TV. He's not going to get on free to air because of all the swearing and stuff. But he should definitely be on uh, pay TV. Like this is better than most cooking shows already. You know, if if, <laughs> if it's bigger, leave it in there longer. If it's le- if it's smaller, leave it in there less longer. Don't be an idiot. See all the carrots here. Cut the green shit off. That's so much better than. Well, I you know I f- I found a gorgeous little market. There's the thing that turns most people off about cooking shows in Australia, I think, we love food here. We're a very food orientated society. We have some of the best, the top chefs and the top restaurants uh, in Sydney and Melbourne in particular. Like our food scene, our restaurant scene is like world fucking renowned. That's not bias. That's legit. So many good restaurants and so such a like a vibrant food scene in the two biggest cities. But I think the thing that turns a lot of Australians off cooking shows and like food culture and stuff is the wankiness that goes along with it. That be, exactly, D-Live Dingus, the pretentious bullshit. Well, you know what I mean? Well, see, now these carrots here are succulent, they're juicy, they're delicious. Uh, There's a lovely little uh, Italian market that I visit once every couple of weeks when I'm in town. And I spoke to my friend there who works there. His name's Lou. Now, Lou goes to great lengths to drive out to the country. He sources the freshest, most vibrant vegetables that you've ever seen. And I make sure whenever I'm in town, I call him up and I say, Lou, make sure you keep a handful of those sweet little carrots for me because I'm going to be visiting you and I'll course you can see the lovely color here now when they when they they explode in flavor they're so delicious they're so juicy and by that time most people are going listen to this fucking wanker would you listen to this fucking idiot (laughs) they're off they're turned off now on the other hand this approach is far more australian this is far more working class this is far more blue collar hey get get these carrots and cut the green shit off if the roast is too big, leave it in there a bit longer. If it's too small, leave it in there less longer. Cut up the potatoes, chuck them in the fucking pot. Close the fucking oven door. <laughs> it's, e- it's, it's speaking the language of the buyer. Most Australians are not pretentious assholes. Most Australians are like this guy. Leave it in there for less longer. In the meantime, peel and cut up your potatoes and chuck them in a pot. What's up, Doc? If you bought fancy carrots like this, cut the green shit off. I just like these because they remind me of Bugs Bunny. If you've got the normal type, cut them up however you like and put them in a tray. Next thing, cover them in some oil and some salt and pepper. Fill that up with cold water and then we'll fucking go do something else for four hours. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, put the carrots in there. Oh, God. Next thing you want to deal with a... I have said before on this show, and I wasn't lying. Now you can see the evidence, right? If there is one thing that we are good at in this country, if there's one thing that I can point to that say that to say that we are the best at this particular thing, it would be like cheesy bad puns. We are the kings of cheesy like dad jokes. Nobody comes close to us, and I'm very proud of it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Boogie, would you like to would you like Australia to be a superpower? Fuck no. All of that responsibility, people always nipping at your heels, trying to steal your shit. Fucking no thanks. 
Boogie, would you like to be the best sporting nation on earth? Fuck no. No, the competition, the, the gruelling training, I don't want that. Boogie, would you like to be known for being the kings of shitty puns and dad jokes? Yes. Yes, I do. Nobody comes close to us. Fucking potatoes. Switch the heat on, add a little salt to the water, put the lid back on, and cook the potatoes till they're cooked. Good luck mashing fucking... <laughs> That's an alpha cooking move right there. <laughs> Cook the potatoes until they're cooked. Cook them until they're fucking cooked, mate. <laughs> what what else, what other advice do you need? Now, cook again. The pretentiousness stuff, right? Cook them on a low heat. You want a nice, low simmering heat. It's just got to be nice to the touch. You want to bring them to boil for maybe five minutes, and then lower that down to a simmer. Don't don't make it too complicated. Don't go too far. Don't make this more difficult than it needs to be. Cook them until they are cooked. <laughs> Done. End of end of fucking discussion. <laughs> Next, you want to deal with the fucking potatoes. Switch the heat on. Yep. Add a little salt to the water. Put the lid back on and cook the potatoes till they're cooked. Good luck mashing fucking raw potato. Once the potato. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this link in the chat because I fucking like this guy. Give this guy a sub. I think I think he's earned it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Cook them until they're cooked. Good luck mashing fucking raw potato, you idiot. I just done turn the heat off and go drain them. Righto, champions. It's time to make Righto, mash. champions. Now, you think you know how to make mash, but I reckon you don't. A few <laughs> key ingredients for a fucking good mash. One of them is butter. And you can use... See, and it only works too. You've got to have the confidence. This guy's fucking dripping confidence, right? You think you know... But it's 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 kind of like that sarcastic confidence. Like it's... He's confident enough to be sarcastic, if that makes Thank sense. You, Coming! I'll see you in hell. He's confident enough to be sarcastic about the whole process. Now, a lot of you out there think you know how to mash potato, but I'm here to tell you, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know nothing, mate. <laughs> Half a fuck ton of butter and it'll take. Oh, oh, yes! Yes! Remember, fascist hippie, it was only a few minutes ago that we were discussing the measurements, right? So what? How much is a shit ton? Well, you've got you've got to be an Australian to know what a shit ton is. And it was fascist. Fascist hippie wins fifty internets, ladies and gentlemen, because he said a shit ton is a little less than a fuck. A uh, shitload is a little less than a fuckload. <laughs> and now he's. I think he just said half a fuckload of butter, or was it half a fuck ton? It was half a fuck ton of butter. <laughs> half. It wasn't a fuck ton. It was half a fuck ton. <laughs> Now, I think a shit ton is more than a shit load. I'm 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 happy to stand corrected on this, but I'm pretty confident in saying it goes shit load, shit ton, fuck load. So then by that logic, we can only assume that a fuck ton is more than a fuck load, right? So half a fuck ton, I think half a fuck ton must be more than a fuck load. 
because if it was a fuckload, then you'd just say a fuckload or two fuckloads. But half a fuckton is obviously more than a fuckload. <laughs> half a fuckton of butter. Yes. It's time to make mash. Now, you think you know how to make mash, but I reckon you don't. There's a few key ingredients to a fucking good mash. One of them is butter. Now, you can use half a fuckton of butter and it'll taste amazing, but also living... Ben K. Veritas is a diamond. I missed the comment. Oh, they're backing up. <clears throat> I'll get the messages that go along with the uh, the comments uh, with the diamonds in just a second. It did this yesterday too when we got near the end of the show. For some reason, there was a bit of a delay when I got the actual message from the diamond. So sorry about that. Bing long tastes amazing. So don't go too fucking ape shit on it. Don't go. Don't... Is... <laughs> okay. So half a fuck ton of butter. You can use a half a fuck ton of butter and it'll sound amazing, but just don't go ape shit on it. I think it was why I censored ages ago who asked me, like, what is ape shit? Because I said it, like, don't, I said it to her once, like, in a conversation, don't go fucking ape shit about it. She's like, ape shit? What is ape shit? And I'm like, you know, just fucking going crazy. Ape shit. <laughs> there's, a, there's so much my American brothers and sisters need to learn about our culture. Ingredients to a fucking good mash. One of them is butter. Now, you can use half a fuck ton of butter and it'll taste amazing, but also living long tastes amazing, so don't go too fucking ape shit on it. Next ingredient is cream. You can use milk. If you don't want to use either of those things, don't worry about it. Last but not least, this might fuck with your head a bit like the milk and the bolognese, but olive oil in the mash is a fucking winner. Just put a whack of olive oil in there. Knob of butter. Get in there, you dickhead. Do a pinch of salt. Bit of pepper if you like. Bit of pepper. A dash of cream. Dash. Fucking mash it up. Now get in there with a the whisk. Whisk now, if it your up, mash yeah. is too fucking thick, add a bit more cream, and that'll fucking thin it out. Right, that's once that's made, put the lid on it, stick it somewhere warm. Finally, it's time to take the fucking meat out of the oven. <laughs> right, so that's going to need to... And you, you just know that it's going to look fucking amazing, right? Because unlike Toddles, he's actually going to show us the result. He's going to carve this thing up, and it's going to be like restaurant quality. And the directions will be cook it until it's cooked. If it's bigger, cook it longer. If it's smaller, cook it less longer. Cut up the potatoes, chuck them in a pot. Here's how you mash it. Use half a fuck ton of butter. It'll taste amazing. A bit of olive oil, it might fuck with your head, but trust me, it's good. If it's too thick, use some fucking cream. Now put it somewhere warm. Now close the fucking door. Now it's time to get the fucking meat out of the oven. That's all, that's all the direction you've been given, and you know that it's going to be perfect the rest we're going to need to make some gravy we can make the gravy with the pan juices we can just make gravy on its own yep. but now i'm just going to make a simple gravy okay. bang the pan on turn the heat on put a knob of butter in next grab yourself one of these and some flour now look i know there's going to be a few fucking gravy puritanicals out there being like you should have made the pan juice gravy <laughs> can't stand those gravy puritanicals can you can't stand them hate them the goddamn gravy puritanicals. Turn the heat on. Put a knob of butter in. Next, grab yourself one of these and some flour. Now, look, I know there's going to be a few fucking gravy puritanicals out there being like, you should have made the pan juice gravy. Look, this video could go for fucking hours, but let's just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. If you do want to make pan juice gravy, put some stock in it, boil it up, strain it through this, and follow these steps. Next, put some stock in. Next, slowly introduce some flour. Don't put too much flour in at once. It'll just go fucking lumpy. If it does get a bit too thick for you, add a little more stock. Let's serve it up. Bang some mash on there. Let's have a look. The mash looks very, it's a very creamy mash. I will give him a, 
Now, mash, I can kind of go, I made mash last week. Um, like I just wanted, I just, I had a, I had an urging for bangers and mash, like sausages and mashed potatoes. But when I do bangers and mash, I buy like the fucking gourmet sausages and, you know, the mashed potato is like carefully, you know, it's carefully manufactured to a certain consistency. So I made a very, it was probably a little too creamy. And the way I do mashed potato is, um. I actually cut the potato up into cubes, like tiny cubes, and then boil it that way. Because I want to take, like, I don't want to mash big chunks of potato. <clears throat> so I cut it up into tiny little cubes, boil it that way, and then mash that. I put in uh, salt, uh, cracked pepper, uh, butter, milk, and cream, and then mix all of that shit around. And then I will throw in sometimes, like, a little, just a teeny tiny little amount of, like, cayenne pepper or like Moroccan spice or something, just like just an essence of it. You don't want it tasting like fucking curry, but just like, just to give it a tiny, teeny little kick and throw that in, mash it up. And it was like very creamy like that. But when it comes to mash, I like like a little bit more solid. I want it like fluffy, you know, fluffy mash, runny mash. Yeah, It depends on what you're having it with. It worked well with the, with the snags that I had. And the gravy, it was fine. But um, generally speaking, I like a little bit more of a solid foundation to my mash. I want it like fluffy. So, Tina, have a go at this shit. Have a, have a go at this shit. <laughs> Look, it's just falling off the bone. Ladies and gentlemen, please. See that? Look that's at that. What... He just pulled the bone out of the fucking meat. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's, that's lamb probably, uh, properly roasted right there. Patience gets you. Here's a bit of a roast flex. Get some tongs. A roast flex. <laughs> and pull the meat off of the tongs. Yep. Oh, that's a roast flex right there. No cutting. No carving that shit up. Just pull it off with the tongs. <laughs> Done. A little gravy on. Now let's fucking try it. Let's have a look at this. Don't be a lazy fuckwit. Cook yourself. <laughs> Sound advice. <laughs> Oi, don't be a lazy fuckwit. <laughs> How is this man not on television? Dip a little gravy on. Now let's fucking try it. Don't be a lazy fuckwit. Cook yourself dinner. <laughs> you got skills, champion. You do. A little bit of patience. Little bit, little bit of a positive messaging there. You've got skills, champion. Don't be a lazy fuckwit. A little bit of love. Get down tonight. See you down the pub soon. Get down tonight. Moan, everybody. Boogie bumper tonight. Champions. And just remember, fuck packet roast. <laughs> fuck packet roast indeed. <clears throat> Absolutely sensational. Let me put that in the chat again one more time. Give this man a sub. How about that? A five-minute segment for a five-hour fucking roast. We have a new, we have the new standard of cooking show, I think, on the internet. He should have his own TV show. Cover up the lamb. Get a bit of lamb. Put it in the fucking oven. If it's bigger, cook it longer. If it's smaller, cook it less longer. Cut up the fucking potatoes. Put them in a pot. Leave them. Leave it alone. Go fuck off and do something else for a couple of hours. <laughs> 
cut up the onions into rings or cut them up however the fuck you want. Get your carrots, cut the green shit off, cut them up however you want. Make the gravy. Don't put all the don't put all the flour in at once, or it'll go lumpy. It'll be fucking useless. <laughs> don't. The moral of the story is don't be a lazy fuckwit. <laughs> Cook your own dinner. Say no to packet lamb, ladies and gentlemen. Wham bam, thank you, lamb. Uh, the channel's called Nat's What I Reckon, and that's what I reckon. So give him a sub. <clears throat> He's doing well. He's got like 170 subs, uh, 170k subs. I never fucking heard of the guy. So thank the great lady Boogie for sending this one over. We, that killed the whole second half of the show. Now again, I've got like 50 fucking tabs open on this computer, and we didn't get to any of them. We come across one video, a roast flex. Don't be a lazy fuckwit, and it ruins the whole show. But there you have it. Maybe it was worth it. Maybe it was worth it. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. That's it for me. That's it for me for another night. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show, Major Tom. Tonight at 10 p.m., you've got Mersh, everybody's favorite lover of French women, with another edition of Nightwave. But before that, at 9 p.m., please, if you wouldn't mind, uh, give Why Censored Kimmy a follow. Uh, she'll be on with Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, another friend of the show. Don't forget also UK Neil. Uh, winning TV uh, with the with the lovely Doc Martin. Don't forget to follow our friends, support the shows that support us. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of this show, then you can do so by uh, heading over to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a su- uh, subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Oh, and Coffee Talk with Sandra. Don't forget Coffee Talk with Sandra, pardon me. And uh, this and Rusty as well, Iceman4433. Give all of our mates a follow. Don't be a fucking, don't be a lazy fuckwit follow our friends <laughs> uh, become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you would like to tell me not to be a lazy fuckwit then you can do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper uh, I'll be back tomorrow night with another edition of the daily boogie at 6 like I said uh, why censor tonight at 9 o'clock uh, you've got nightwave radio at 10 tomorrow morning Royce Lopez 10am JJ Stoner at midday revenge of the sister 4 and I'll be back after that at 6pm so, thank you for everyone for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. Thanks for your contributions on DLive tonight, as always. Very humbling. Until tomorrow, stay calm, stay rational. I'm opening the chest right now, and God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>